So. Jean Valjean was living at the home of a priest in the book Les Miserables. And that priest was kind enough to give him a place to stay. And so this guy ripped him off. And the police apprehended him, brought him to the priest to ascertain guilt and to send him to prison. And the priest said, oh, he didn't take that. I gave it to him. And why didn't you take the silver? And the guy couldn't handle it. It was like heaping coals of fire on his head. And he eventually gave in to the priest's God, surrendered to Jesus Christ. Because someone chose to respond in the opposite spirit. I would say one of the hardest things for a Christian to do. And yet it is so clear in scripture, we find it in two powerful places. Paul gives his own version of it. So I'm going to read Paul's version first and then read it from Luke. And then I'm going to challenge you when you feel like reacting to respond instead. If you can learn how to respond to God when you feel like reacting to people, you will see the kind of miracles that Paul saw. Because God showed up in that prison, rattled the place, and it led to the planting of a church because Paul was not responding in the same spirit that was given to him. When injustice is done to us, what kicks in? A sense of justice. We want to get even. And we feel it's legitimate. And under the law, it was. How legitimate was it? What did the law say? If they take out one eye, you can take one eye. If they take one tooth, you can take one tooth. What probably happened was that people responded so strong to those that they would take out two eyes for one or three teeth for one. And so God said, what? Vengeance is mine. And he will repay. If we choose to repay someone for wrong with our voice, with our tone, with our words, with our money, with our mouth, with our hands, incredibly sad things happen. If we choose to respond rightly, and we'll look at how we, what will happen if we respond wrong and if we respond right in a minute, but that criminal has that priest to thank because he did not respond in the way that we would expect him to. Of course he's guilty. Send him to jail. But he had a different outlook. He had a Christ-like outlook. So what do you expect someone to do on the cross when they've been beaten up all night long? Not once, not twice, all night long. They're so pulverized, they don't look like a human being anymore. And it's morning, 
and he's taking his cross. He's too weak to carry his cross. And then they nail him to it. And what's the first thing that comes out of his mouth? Then the second thing that comes out of his mouth after he forgives these people is to lead the guy who is railing at him. He leads him into paradise. Powerful things happen if we can learn not to react to people, but to respond to God. That's a huge thing. And you might say when I read this, that's impossible. Okay, here's my question for you. Name one word from scripture, one command that's not hard, that's one, not impossible. How about pray without ceasing? How about in all things give thanks? How about uh, another one? Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, yes. Every command is impossible, people. None of them can be done. We need the Holy Spirit to do anything that God requires because every one of them is an impossibility. The flesh cannot do it. The flesh, in fact, wars, your flesh, wars against the Spirit. So we, t we take this impossible thing and what I hope you do is say what I want to do is, God, you work this in me, that the righteousness of Christ, that the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The spirit can make it happen in you. If you yield, as a result of this sermon, you yield more to the spirit, the spirit will work it in you so that you will be able to respond rather than re react, and miracles will, will be a, in a trail of your life. You've been ripped off before. I've been ripped off before. We had a, a family. I'll call it a family. They weren't married, but it was around Christmas time, and they, I don't know how it happened. I don't remember it well, but we invited them to live in our home. And so this guy with his gal that he uh, had a baby with uh, came, and uh, on Christmas Day I used that baby as a picture of the infant Jesus, and uh, he did some work for me, a good worker, and then they ripped me off. They left and they took stuff with them. They took pots, pans, stuff, used a credit card from uh, Don Bartell, one of the elders, and uh, it didn't feel good. You know what I mean? So how do you respond when people rip you off with words or with actions? If you, pardon? That's what, that's what Jesus did. And his spirit in us will allow us. I know you're thinking, well, what did you do? I can't even remember what I did. I don't know what I did. I know we prayed. Karen and I prayed for them. I don't know what I if I thought good things. It's too far back. But uh, I don't know if I wished them back or hoped they wouldn't come back. I don't know. 
I'm not proud of my reaction in times of tension. But here's what Paul says, bless those who persecute you. That's not the first thing that comes to mind, is it? <laughs> bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We live in harmony with one another. But I can't. They don't harmonize. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. Wow. No one. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. There were German leaders that went to the Israelis and they said, what we did was atrocious. Can you forgive us? And the leader said, that was too atrocious to be able to forgive. The answer is no. Aren't you sad? But you and I do that at the individual level. What we would wish they would have done at a national level, we usually do at an individual. Repay no one. If possible, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So that's a wonderful thing. That's a kind thing. God will settle, settle things. And he is just and merciful. So he'll do it right. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, if he is thirsty, for in doing so, what will you do? Heap burning coals. I don't know what that means. But I know that if I got burning coals heaped on my head, I go, whoa, whoa, what was that? And so if Jean, Jean Valjean had coals heaped on him, oh, he couldn't ignore that. He had to stop and think about that. What just happened? I'm not going to jail. And that led, eventually, to his being saved. Do not be overcome by evil. But, say it. Overcome evil. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you, when you're in a difficult situation, not to be overcome by evil. Those who can fulfill that, I'll tell you about them. They're mature in Jesus. They're mature in his love. They're healthy in their emotions. And they know the difference between the mercy system and the merit system. The merit system is the law, tit for tat. The mercy system is I give you good when you give me evil. That's what mercy does. And God is merciful, and so it says in James, this great phrase, mercy wins over justice. It's a wonderful phrase. In your life, mercy can win over justice. Rather than evening the score, they yell at you on the freeway, you yell back at them. No. Give them a blessing. Instead of one figure, give them all five. Bless them. <laughs> I don't know. That might. Depends on how they take it, you know. So that's, that's what Paul says. Now listen to what Jesus says. We read this, 
and we know it's for somebody else. It's not for us. He starts out by saying, but I say to you. Now, why does he say but? I think because they're Old Testament people. They're Old Covenant people. They understand the law, the justice of the law. But now Jesus is talking, and he's changing the covenant. And so it says, but I say to you. He talks with authority. Here's what you do. Love your enemies. That's what he starts with. Do good to those who Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Really? To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. It it sounds unreal, doesn't it? And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. That'll surprise them. Give to everyone who begs from you, and one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. Here's the golden rule. As you wish that others would do... For you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, I love this. What credit? Jesus said, what do you get for that? Big deal, he says. Anybody can love. He says, sinners do that. Sinners love those who love them. Big deal. You're a lover? Let me, I'll, I'll send you some people. He tests us purposely. He gives us tests to see how we will function. And tests bring tension, and tension is a good sign. It's a sign that there's something going on. And if I can pay attention to it, I'm going to win. If you do good to those who are good to you, what benefit is that? Even sinners do the same. Congratulations, he's saying. He's being a little cynical here. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that? Even sinners lend to sinners. I laugh at this to get back the same amount. But love your enemies. And do good and land expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great. These are the people, the people that can do this are the people that are seeing miracles happen in their lives. Because God stages a miracle in the presence of that kind of humility. When you go that low, God shows up and he does miracles. You'll be sons of the Most High. Why? Because that's what God does. When God waters the ranch, he also waters the yard of people who curse him. People who don't think he exists, he waters their yard. He could withhold that and say, I'm just going to water the people who are nice to me. But he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So, what kind of People can do this. Those that know they've been forgiven and want to forgive others. We, we experience forgiveness this morning. The more you walk in forgiveness, the more you and I will be able to forgive people who step on our toes, who do dumb things. Those who are whole emotionally, it's really important to get emotionally whole. Why? Because when my toe got crushed, from a piano that fell on it, literally. The doctor said, I've never worked on a toe like this before. That's what he said. I asked him if I broke it, and he said, did you break it? He said, you smashed it. And uh, so I was, I was walking like this for a while because I didn't want, I didn't want to get bumped. And when I bumped into the, to the I remember what, uh, you probably don't, your kids don't remember 
but we had uh, typewriter stands. They were old rickety things that barely held the typewriter. And I bumped into one. Karen thought I'd severed the nerves, and I yelled into her, and I said, I didn't sever the nerves! Because it really, it, that didn't feel good. So defensive people, hurt people, are walking around like this. They're cautious. But if you're whole, if you're emotionally whole, if you've let God heal you, then you're not touchy. Like one of my friends once said to him, said to me, just so you know, Paul, it's almost impossible for you to offend me. I like that kind of person. I'm not going to be walking around like on tiptoes because, uh, you know, I tried a few times and it didn't work. You know? So a person who understands grace well can forgive people who mess up. They understand grace because they've, been, they've experienced it. Because we know we've messed up really bad and God's forgiven us. What kind of person can't? Can't live this way. Well, if you're not healed from brokenness and hurt people hurt people. So, so not in your identity. Pardon? If you're not walking in your identity. That's tr- very true. If you're not walking in your identity, if you, if, if you don't know who you are. Yeah, that's very true. So we see it at the cross, what then happens if we choose not to operate this way? I'll just share a few things that happen. How are, how are we doing here on time? I'm going to see how we're doing. We'll, we'll, uh, There's no clock, so we're doing fine. Oh, okay. I'll, I think I can wrap this up in five minutes. <clears throat> what happens if we, if we can't Here's the sad thing. A soft answer. What does a soft answer do? What does a, a harsh answer? You know what it does. If you're at a two and someone reacts to you, you can go from a two to a seven real fast, right? A harsh word stirs up anger. So if you thought they were angry before and they just got your word, now they're at an eight. And the thing escalated, and you're wondering, how did it go so fast? We were just talking to each other. And we're friends. We're not enemies. We're friends. But now we're yelling at each other because you did not have a soft answer. That's why. A soft answer will turn that away. Honey, I'm sorry. Let's sit down and talk about this. That might work. But I'm not that Christ-like all the time. And sometimes I've stirred up wrath with my stupid words. Anybody else identify? I mean, don't look so holy. Never, never? You haven't done that. Okay. That's why he's the pastor. He's the leader here. Okay. So if you, if you don't respond in this way, you're defiling yourself. What defiles us is not comes in. What comes in is what comes out. If what goes out is harshness, then you defile yourself. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to defile ourselves with our words. So what happens if you respond in an appropriate way? I already said, the power of God shows up. Miracles happen in your life. That's the way I want to live. I'm not here yet. I don't think you are quite there either. And so I want us to pray together that God would allow us 
to learn how to respond to him rather than react to people. That sound good to you? Can we? Yeah. That's where a lot of our time, that's where a lot of my time comes with younger people. It's, it's working with them th- to a place of work, walking toward wholeness, walking right. toward a place. Lots of questions, lots of dealing with identity, like Byron said, dealing with issues, dealing with lies. He and I do a seminar on breaking free from strongholds. I had a great time in Iowa doing this where we talked about how to overcome the lies that you're still telling yourself. We still tell ourselves lies, and to overcome those, that, that's a big help. Because w- I'll tell you, the two most common ones, women say, I'm not beautiful, and men say, I don't have what it takes. hear that all the time from guys. They're not worried. If, if you tell them they're ugly, you, that, that, that doesn't matter. You tell a girl she's ugly, and she's devastated. But you tell a man he doesn't have what it takes, he's already thinking that. I've had a, guys with apostolic ministries say to me, said it in our living room, Jay Schneider, and uh, he's really s- solid to the core. Jay, if you hear this, uh, thanks for the evidence here. Uh, but he, he said, I've heard all my life this message, I don't have what it takes. And so we prayed with him so that he wouldn't hear that message as much, so to hear the truth. So that's a part of it. What I didn't get to this morning was the whole thing about the Holy Spirit, Romans 8. And Galatians 5 tell us that the Holy Spirit is the one who makes this happen. I can't make this happen. But we can yield to the Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, work it in me. So let's just pray that. And then we'll just break up for a moment into small groups. And uh, please stay for lunch. Uh, It would be hard to run out with what the Volkers brought this morning, along with what other people brought. So uh, please stick around and hang. I'm going to pray now. God, the last thing I would want to do with a sermon is to make people feel more guilty about what they don't do. I pray that you can put hope in our heart that we we can get here. We want to get here, God. And we know that's through your Holy Spirit working in us. And so we say even now, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come into our thoughts, come into our tension, come into our dark places, come with your healing, come with your grace, because we need grace, because we often think justice, things that aren't fair, and those are legal terms, those are Old Testament terms, we want grace. And so let it happen. Let it happen today in the midst of our daily life that we see, oh, you're doing something in me. And we can be encouraged with what you're doing. We bless you and thank you that you give us grace today. 
You give us your favor. And so I say to you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor. How wonderful is that? And give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.